You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Kind of celebrating uh, from our Change for Change for the month of August, we had talked about uh, the Change for Change going for helping the hurting, and right under $1,000 came in for that, so I think that's a big go God moment, right? Go God. And if you remember, if you remember, I challenged every person to, to give, just for the Change for Change, give a $10 gift. And uh, that's a very easy, you know, two Starbucks venties, you, you've, that's more than 10 bucks. And so we were able to, to accomplish that. So here's our, here's our challenge for August for the Change for Change. I would love to be a part of uh, filling up uh, the fuel tank for one of their float planes uh, with you guys. And do you think that together we can raise up $1,200 to fill up a fuel tank? I think we can. So, so here's, here's, here's an easy, easy thing. If all of us give 10 maybe $20 toward the change for change, uh, we'll, we'll meet that target and maybe exceed it. And, and we'll see more lives being uh, saved, more lives being impacted, and, and God being glorified through the work of uh, Samaritan Aviation. So let's do it together, okay? Yeah, we will. Last week, we talked about uh, the importance of go. We are in this series called Love Knows No Borders. And, uh, and we started out the series with our missions directors, uh, Brent and Becky uh, Strand, uh, laying a foundation about what missions mean at Living Word Chapel. And, and Becky did a great job, a stellar job, of communicating to us how missions fits into the mission at Living Word Chapel. Our mission here is for us to connect, to grow, to serve, and to reach through worship. And, uh, you know, when you connect to God, he gives you a desire to do the things that please him. And you begin to connect to others who love him. And, and you begin to feel just uh, this wonderful love relationship that you have uh, with the Lord. Then you begin to grow in your faith. And, and through reading the, of the Bible, through uh, prayer, through all the, th- all the necessities that we have to have in our daily walk with Jesus Christ. Then we begin to serve, right? And serving never ends. You know, missions is about serving, uh, James and Taylor being here, they're serving the purposes of God. They drove all the way to, from the valley and were here early, 20 minutes early in the parking lot, you know, w- wondering what time do they get here, all the people at, from Oracle. And, and they, they're, they're serving the purposes of God. So serving is vital. God gives us all a gift so that we can serve. And when you go, in, into, when you go on a missions trip, like we have one coming up uh, 1st of October, and we have about 12 people signed up for the, the trip to Puerto Penasco, uh, you will find your, your, your serving gift as you begin to do things for God. And then we talk about reach. How important is it for us to reach our community? Here's what, here's what the Lord gave me as you were talking. Here's what the thought that, that I believe God, God put on me, is I was very blessed to be born in the United States. I would even call myself privileged to be born in the United States. I didn't do anything to earn that. Let me just tell you that. I didn't, I didn't earn anything. I, uh, you know, Juan Reese, uh, he loved Cello Reese. And, you know, they got married and they just celebrated a wonderful night. And I was conceived. 
And I was conceived on this side of the, on this side of the tracks and this side of the border. And praise the Lord, because I'm here now, 53 years later. But I'm privileged to this. Now, there are people that were born in, in New Guinea that they, they were born there. They had, no, they had no idea. It's not like if they said, you know what, I want to be, I want to be born in Papua New Guinea, where, where if I do something wrong, there is no, uh, no kind of, of resources or there's no kind of law that I'm going to be uh, tried in a, in a way that's, that's ethical. Uh, I may be killed for doing something I never did. They're born into that. Now, I always think that the privileged are blessed, right? By God. And when the privileged reach out to people that are unprivileged, I think it pleases God. When we help the hurting, it pleases God. When we do things for people that can't do it, it pleases God. If you're sitting here today and every, all the wealth that you have, and we're pretty wealthy here in America, if you think that's you and not God, you're going to have a rude awakening one of these days. Everything we have is a gift from God. Our breath, that's a gift. The abilities I have, that's a gift. The resources that I have, that's a gift. That's God's gifting in my life. And, and it's so important that, that, that we grab a hold of, 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 the, of, of the urgency that, that Jesus gave his disciples when he said, go and make disciples. Because all authority has been given to Jesus on heaven and on earth. In heaven and on earth. And with that authority, we go and we make disciples. And last week, I talked about the importance of going across the street, across the country, and across the world with the love of God. And so I want to follow that up with, with reaching. We're, we're called to reach people, right? Not only are we called to go, but we're called to reach people. And, and uh, uh, Paul, as he's preaching in, in, uh, in the book of Acts, he's sharing the gospel. He goes to his countrymen, the Jews, and they resisted uh, the, the, the things that he was saying. And, and, and the Lord spoke to him. The Holy Spirit spoke to Paul and, and, and put him in another direction. Instead of him going to the Jews, God said, I want you to go in another direction. I want you to reach another people group. And this is what the Bible says, for this is what the Lord has commanded us in, in uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 47. I have made you a light for the Gentiles. That just means to the nations. I have made you a light for the nations that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When we, when we think about reaching people, now we need to reach people across the street, right? Someone say amen. We need to reach people across the country. We need to reach people across the world. Every nation, every people group, every culture known to man, we should be desiring to bring the salvation of God to them. And we need to grab a hold of the, uh, of the truth of this. This whole series is love knows no borders. Love liberates. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that no person will perish. Anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God, God's love liberates us. Borders, not boundaries. Boundaries could be healthy, but borders, borders can, can, uh, can, uh, uh, they can, keep, they can stifle us from doing the things that God wants us to do. Fear is an unhealthy border. It's a wall that put up, people put up, bias, prejudice, all these things that, that, that are, are not from God. 
can take over our lives. So here's your one big thing. Here's your one big thing. The, the, the one thing I want you to take away is that the love of God liberates us to reach the people in our world without the, the walls or the borders of fear, bias, and prejudices that stifle us from sharing the love of Jesus Christ. You want to change your prejudice that you have, and all of us have this in our, in our own flesh. We all have these prejudices. We all have bias. We all have all these walls that are put up. You know how you break that? Reach people. Go into their world. Go into the world of those people that don't have what you have. Go into the world with those people that you might even disagree with. Can you, can you befriend a, uh, a Muslim? Can you befriend a, a Hindu? You know, we, we, have these, we have these biases, religious biases. How about an atheist? You may be in here today, and you may, uh, you may struggle with, with even this God thing, and, and you're, at, you're at the right place because I'm not going to push God on you. God is too big to push. I'm going to share how wonderful he is, and he will show you how, how big and real he is. Amen? And so a lot of things, what, what is keeping us from reaching our world? What, what is, and, and there may be people in here that, that nothing's keeping you from reaching your world. You're already doing it, but there may be someone in here that, that you really have this fear. You have this difficult, difficulty with moving forward in the things that God wants you to do. I believe that this series is going to change that. I believe that this series is going to put something in your heart and something in your mind and something in your feet and something in your hands where you begin to reach out and change people for the glory of God. Paul, again, was writing in, um, to the Roman church, and that's our text for today uh, in, in Romans chapter 10. Uh, and I want us to read that from, from verse 8 to about verse 15. It's in, your, it's in your notes. Also, if you have the Version Bible app, you can go there to the events page. And uh, Living Word Chapel is on there on, on Version, and you can have digital notes if you want to look at them there. Um, but let me read the scripture. It says here, but what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Just let's just pause. Because the Bible says that the the word is near your mouth, The, the, the word is close. But sometimes people need to be brought along and reached with the love of God so that they can say with their mouth, Jesus is Lord and I need him in my life. And I believe that God raised them from the dead, and I'm going to walk in this new salvation that God can bring into their, into their life. Those people in New Guinea that are being touched, let me, let me say something that's vitally important. You might have heard this before, and maybe not. People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Christians with this Christian intellect, and you want to just really persuade people about how Christianity is right, The millennials don't care about that. Let me tell you what they care about. They care about Christians in action. They care about people in action, people that love others, people that sacrifice, people that do things for others. So he's saying, you know, the word is in your mouth, uh, and God can change it. For it is with, verse 10, for it is with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with the mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put 
to shame. And someone can say amen to that. You know, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. In other words, there is no difference in people to God. Everyone is the same. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved for eternity. Your sins are forgiven, past, present, future. You're saved for eternity. Now, verse 14 is vital to us because Paul is saying, okay, this is, this is how you get saved. It's not difficult. Jesus, did, Jesus paid the whole price. Jesus did it all. It's Jesus plus nothing. He accomplished everything that we couldn't. And then he says this in verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And it's written... How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Even if you're wearing uh, Adidas, even if you're wearing uh, Converse, even if you're wearing Nikes, it doesn't matter. What's important is your feet inside those shoes are beautiful because you're bringing the great news of Jesus Christ. And so God calls us to reach our world for Christ, and I've got three, I've got three things that I just believe are, are instrumental that we can offer the world around us. And the first thing that we can offer the world around us is we need to reach our world with hope. God teaches us that there's three very important elements or virtues in our lives. And those three important uh, uh, elements are faith, hope, and love. Love is the, the, the most important of all three because uh, God is love. So when we love, we're walking in the, in the character of God. Love, love covers a multitude of sin. Love does things that, 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 that takes you from, from this uh, desiring to have this wonderful job and, and saying, I'm going to go into ministry. The reason that, that I believe James is doing that is because the love of God is filling his heart and his soul, and, and, and the, to, to better someone else's world is more important to him than for his world to be better through monetary gain, and God will bless you for that with his love. Faith is a process. Faith is a process. We learn in the Bible that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and the, the word of truth. And so the, the, the more of the word you get into your life, the more faith that you're going to have. And so some of you that are lacking faith is because you're lacking the word of God. The more Bible you put into you, the more the word you put into you, the more faith that you're going to grow into. We're going to learn about that next week when we talk about teaching people the things of, the, of God. But hope is emotional. Hope is emotional. We lose hope when we go through different things. When there's a death in our family, someone that we love, hope is emotional. You go through all kinds of different feelings, and you're either going to gain hope or you're going to lose hope. When you go through an illness, some of you guys are going through illnesses. You're going through some difficult infirmities. And when you go through these your hope is usually depleted or deflated because you're going, you don't feel good, and so you feel hopeless in this situation. Divorce can bring hopelessness. 
you know, why am I going through this? Why did my husband leave me? Why did my wife leave me? Why, why did they have an affair? All these different things. Divorce can bring hopelessness. Loss. When you lose something, when you, when you lose something that you care about, you can lose hope. Financial failures can, can lose hope. Can you see all the emotional, all the emotion that comes with all these? You go through financial failure, personal failure. When you have a, uh, just a, so you just blow it in your life and you just feel horrible about yourself, you feel hopeless because hope is always tied to our emotions. And can I tell you that each of these that I mentioned, when I mentioned about death or illness or divorce or loss or financial failure or personal failure, just to name a few, all of these are in the people across the street. They're in the people across the country. They're in the people across the world. We just prayed three weeks ago or, or, or maybe a little bit longer. I forget exactly when, when we prayed for the, the, the catastrophe, the tragedy that happened in El Paso, Texas. You remember how we prayed four weeks ago. I, I, I had mentioned, this is so crazy. I had mentioned how, how we were just there, you know, the week before this happened. We were just there, went through El Paso, went through Sunland Park, and, and stopped there and got coffee at, at Starbucks, and then went to my daughter's house in, in uh, Las Cruces, where my son-in-law is a state trooper as well. And, and, and then we, we uh, yesterday, I hear the news of Odessa and, uh, and Midland, where they had this, this uh, shooter go, go uh, and, and, and shoot 22 people, and five were murdered, and, and they were at this, this theater. Well, get, let me tell you something about, you remember... In my conversation with you guys, I mentioned that, that we stopped in Odessa, and uh, we stayed the night there. Well, guess which movie theater my, my son and daughter-in-law went to that week, that night that we were there, that same theater where all those people were shot. Now, here's what we find out, that when people start being killed, when, when there's tragedy, when there's divorce, there's a hopeless emotional state that, 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 that embraces you. And the only one that can change that is God. Because, hear me now, God is a supplier of hope. God's hope never ends. And Isaiah put it like this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. How many of you felt uh, weak because of your hopelessness in your life? They will soar on wings like eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hopeless situations weaken people emotionally. And when people lose hope, they lose morale. They lose the, the, the desire to, to be driven, the desire to do the things that are going to, to be exciting. Have, have any of you in this service lost morale because of hopelessness in your life? You're just going through the motion. You're just going and, and doing, you know, things uh, kind of mediocrity. With mediocrity, we lose the will to live. We lose the, the will to thrive. We lose the, the will to move forward. We lose the will to try again, to get up and go. And as we reach people with the hope of God, we reach them with one important truth, that even in the darkest of times, we can trust the Holy Spirit to give us a renewed hope in our life. If there's something that you could give to your neighbor across the street, if there's something that you could give to someone in, in, your, in your community, in your school, or wherever you work, is that there's hope in God. 
and reach them with hope. Here's what Paul said, and this is crazy. I sent this to a, to a couple that, that I had been uh, ministering to, and they went through a bomb recently. They went through an extreme difficult situation where, where the husband felt hopeless. Uh, he felt like killing himself. Uh, the wife was in turmoil. And, and I, I, I sent this scripture to them recently, and they, they were so, so uh, blessed. It's, Paul wrote this, We also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering will produce perseverance, and perseverance will produce character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. That's important, beloved, that the hope of God will never shame us. Hope will not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And there are people all around us who are suffering, and they need to know that God doesn't want to shame them, but he wants to offer them a living hope. Now, the second thing that we can offer people is we can reach our world through restoration. Hopelessness brings brokenness. And with brokenness, what people need is to be restored. When something's broken, you need to restore it. I, one of our, uh, our media person right now, Tina, you, a lot of you guys don't know who Tina is, but she's a wonderful woman of God. I was going through my Facebook uh, uh, wall, and I was going through some of the things, or Instagram, one of the two, and, and I, I saw that Tina had posted uh, this, uh, this um, wonderful piece of furniture that she just restored. So she sanded it all down, she restored it, and it looked amazing. That, that piece of furniture was broken. That piece of furniture to most people would have not been worth anything. And, and, and Tina, through her hands and through the gifting of God, she worked and she restored it into a beautiful, beautiful, precious piece of useful furniture. That's exactly what God wants to do in people that are broken. He wants to restore their lives. He wants to bring them out of, the, uh, out of the miry clay. He wants to bring them out of the muck that they're in. Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Beloved, we should be giving good news to people, not bad news. We should be giving people good news that God is good all the time, that he can change circumstances, that he loves people right where they're at. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. And to set the oppressed free. This is the message that we own. If you're, a, if you're a follower of Christ, this is your message. God has set me free from oppression. God has set me free from the prison and the shackles of, of addiction. God has set me free from all these things that have kept me bound. Because of what Jesus has offered to me. It's not a hopeless situation. And I've been restored by the, for the glory of God. That's what God does for us. People need to have good news. They need freedom. They need recovery. Right now I'm working, and, and I'm just going to put it out before, uh, as, we're, as we work through it, we're working on a ministry that, that, uh, that we're going to call uh, Clean Life uh, for those people that are struggling with addictions. And uh, as I've prayed through it, I, I, just, uh, I just believe that there are people all around us. We, we just launched our grief support group, and that grief support group has been ministering to people that have lost loved ones. And they're broken, and God is restoring them through the Word of God and through faith and prayer. Now, how about those people that are addicted and they think they cannot uh, overcome the addictions that they face? I believe that the God that we serve is bigger than any drug. He's bigger than any uh, gambling addiction. He's bigger than anything we face. And we can have a clean life that will bring glory to Jesus Christ. 
people can be restored. Do you think there are people across the street that are struggling with addiction or, or brokenness? Do you think there are people across the country and across the world who are broken and need to be restored? There was a guy in, in, in the scriptures and, and Jesus came upon him and they couldn't control him. He broke chains and shackles. He walked around in a cemetery and he talked to himself and yelled at people. He would cut himself. He was one of the cutters in scripture. As Jesus went to him and he, and he said, who are you? The man shouted out with a demonic voice, I am legion for I am many. And Jesus casted out every one of those demons and sent them into a bunch of swine. And those swines went into the, into the deep, into the abyss. And what we find is that Jesus is able to restore people from bondage. And he can, he can set people free. And I want to read what it says. It says, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. He begged to go with Jesus, but Jesus did not let him. It's the only one that Jesus did not let follow him. But he said to him, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and, ha- and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell uh, everyone in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. And let me tell you something. If you've been set free from any kind of addiction, any kind of bondage, you should be talking to everybody about how Jesus set you free. I don't get tired talking about God. Because he's that good. He's given me hope for every day. He's restored my brokenness. You know, last week we had, um, we had uh, probably seven people that, that drove to our Kearney campus, uh, two of them from Mesa and the other five from, from Tucson, from North Tucson. They went to our Kearney campus, and the reason for that is uh, one of the ladies was diagnosed with cancer, and we, we knew him. We grew up together in Lordsburg, New Mexico. And so one of the ladies said, we wanna go d- I want to go down there, and I want for you to pray for us, pray for me and for these tumors that I have in my thyroid. And so she's got tumors in her thyroid, and so they ended up going. And, and from, that, uh, from them coming uh, to that place, I, I, three of them gave their life to Jesus for the first time. And, and what, what, I, what I've come to find out is that there's nothing impossible for God. And because of what God has done in my life, and I'm nothing, I am nobody, but I am somebody to Jesus. And every single one of us is somebody to Jesus. And you see the, the hand of God moving in you and through you, and he wants to reach those people around you. And here's my question to you. Is there someone in your life that needs to be restored? Is there someone in your life who's broken? Is there someone in your life that feels hopeless? Or are you in here today for the first time and you feel hopeless? You need to know that Jesus loves you and he can change your life. He wants to reach you. He wants to help you. The third thing that I want us to move into is we need to, you need to reach your world through reconciliation. Hopeless people have a real difficult time with relationships. Broken people have a very difficult time with relationships. Uh, when we have uh, a death in our families, it severs relationships. Not only does it bring hopelessness, but it actually separates people from God and each other. Ha- have you ever felt, have you ever felt, you know, why, God, are you allowing this to happen? God, why? Why did you let that person go through that? Why are you letting me go through that? And you feel alienated from God? 
There are a lot of people all around us that are alienated from God. They are, they are, they, they just, they're at, they're at uh, enmity. They're, they're, they have this strife with God. They have strife with other people. And God, through Jesus Christ, he reconciled us. He brought us back to himself. In fact, the Bible says this. As Paul is talking, again, I'm using a lot of Paul right now. Uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says this. He said, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. In other words, we're not going to look at them how the world. I love what Tim brought up. In the world, you may feel like you have no worth, but in, but in Christ, we have a lot of worth, right? So from now on, he said, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we, were, uh, we once regra- regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. How many of you believe that you are Christ's ambassadors? Or how many of you believe it's a pastor's job to do that? Here's the thing is, everyone that has named Christ as your Savior, anyone that is born again and you're saved, you are an ambassador of Christ. Let me keep on going. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness. Because of Jesus, I have righteousness. Because of Jesus, my life is changed. Because of Jesus, I have this relationship with the Father. But not only that, I have the privilege and the honor and the blessing of going to other people that don't know God and sharing how wonderful he is to them. I got this... uh, uh, message on on instant messenger this week and there's always something going on in our lives all of you guys could probably bring something that 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 someone has sent you remember i talked about those seven individuals that went to the kearney campus and they drove from some from the valley and and then some from from uh, tucson well one of them was this this lady that's close to our age shauna and i we we in fact we hung out with them before we came to Christ. And when we came to Christ, uh, most of the people that I hung out with, they said, dude, you are so different. We don't want nothing to do with you. But God had a plan. Amen? God had to restore my life. All the brokenness that I had, he had to restore our broken marriage. He had to, he had to reconcile us to him and reconcile us to each other. So as, I, as we prayed for this lady that had uh, the tumors in her neck, we prayed, and, and, and God just, just did a work, and, and my wife, as we're praying, she, she says, uh, I just feel that there's someone that's really struggling with anxiety, and, 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 and this couple just broke down, and they started to, to, to weep, and they looked at each other like, how did, how did she know? And, 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 and they said, we struggle with anxiety so bad. And so we prayed over them. We prayed for the anxiety that they're going through. And I looked at this lady, and I said, do you want me to pray for you? Now, this lady comes from a, a, a denomination where 
where, uh, you know, she, she was kind of struggling even being in the service. She was struggling being there. But she was there. And she said, no, 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 don't, don't. She said this, these exact words, don't even touch me. Don't touch me. I don't want a bunch of hands on me. And I said, we would never, we would never do that. And I know her real well. And so she walked away. And she just lost her nephew. They've, they've lost, uh, in fact, the mom of the, of the, the, the guy, who, who, the young man who passed away was there as well. And she walked away and she went to the, to the, uh, to the back, this lady that we were going to pray for. She said, don't even touch me. And so she sent me this message, and I thought, I, I thought it was pretty cool. She said, hi, I just want to let you know that I really appreciate the blessing offered in, because in this denomination, the Father will pray a blessing over, okay? Maybe it'll help you. I just want to let you know that I really appreciate the blessing that you offered. She said, but I've been angry due to the, due to the loss of, of Sean. When he passed, I was mad at God, and I wanted to stop believing in him. We prayed so hard in Jesus' name and didn't get the outcome that we wanted. I know with all my heart that Sean is in heaven, but the pain of not having him around with us is sometimes unbearable, so I try not to think about it. As I mentioned, I was mad at God for taking him. I wanted to be a non-believer. But slowly I found myself doing the things I was taught as a child, praying, blessing myself with the sign of the cross, and realized that I was angry but still believe in God. I find comfort in praying. I'm not where I should be, but I'm working on it. Please know that I have always had a relationship with God. I have asked him into my life years ago. I am not, I am not like my sisters, but I'm a believer with, I love this, I'm a believer with many questions. Sorry for the long text, but I, I didn't want you or Shauna to think that your prayers weren't welcomed. I was trying to keep myself from breaking down. Hear me now. I allow myself, if, if I allow myself to cry, I feel like I may never stop. Thank you for all the prayers for my sister and all of us. May God bless you. And please share this with Shauna. Let me, let me just say this. This is, this is real life. This is real life. These are people all around us. People that feel hopeless people that feel broken, people that feel far away from God, far away from people, because when you're far away from God, you don't let people in. Your heart is, 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 is calloused, and you don't let people in. But there's a God who is good all the time, and that God sent his son to die on a cross so that we could have a relationship with him. And he's the one that can heal our hurts. He's the one that can restore our lives for the glory of God. And so what I want for all of us in this first service to grab a hold of is there are people for us to reach. There are people that God wants to use us to bring hope to, to bring healing to and restoration through the power in the name of Jesus Christ to bring back to the Father. There is someone in your life who needs God so desperately and you're afraid to talk to them about him. Don't be. Just like James said earlier, if you have not given your life to Jesus, do it now. What are you waiting for? 
There's chaos all around us. There's, there's all kinds of stuff going on that the devil brings, but God is a restorer. He's good in everything that he does. And he wants to change our lives and bring us back to where we need to be. And we all just uh, bow our heads and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us an assignment. The assignment to go and reach our world with the love of Jesus. And we understand that it's a huge undertaking. But we also know that if we go in your name and in your power, we will always see great results. So Lord, we just open up our hearts and lift up our hands and we say empower us with the Holy Spirit to offer hope to the hurting, restoration to the broken, and reconciliation to the lost. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and everyone said amen and amen. Let's all stand up. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.